Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Four Persons Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. Terry Delp, and let me welcome Terry Delp. Terry, the floor is yours. Hey, brother. Uh, tonight, uh, I'm going to uh, hopefully uh, give our brothers and sisters some information to help them beat the devil. Uh, my my YouTube channel is entitled Break the Cycle, Beat the Odds. This show is going to be about beating the odds or what some people call statistics. And uh, since I believe that this, this show tonight is going to equip our brothers and sisters to do battle with the enemy, I'd like to start off with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, 
by the power of God, casting the hell Satan and all the evil spirits that prowl throughout the world, seeking to ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So uh, Amen. And we got two callers, Terry. One's from eight three zero area code, and one's from two eight one. Which one do you want to bring on first? Um, the eight three zero. Um. I'm going to go through my little spiel real quick. It's going to be about five minutes, and then we'll turn it over to it. That's Brother Larry, and we'll turn it over to Brother Larry so he can kind of chime in on what he's doing to help uh, ex-convicts and in and, and his ministry to help young men make the um, the right choices. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start off with uh, the, the recidivism rate. The last time I checked, it was like, the, and I'm talking about, those who have been convicted and went to prison, the recidivism rate is uh, was 49.3 the last time I checked percent. And while that, that number has dropped in the last decade or so, still almost five out of ten people released prison end up going back. And, and we got to ask ourselves why. And, of course, the reason is choices. Too many people on the left wing right now are saying that the reason is statistics and circumstances and victimhood. But one's upbringing will influence the choices that we make. I mean, obviously, we always emulate uh, the father figures that we have in our childhood. And if they're doing wrong in childhood, we will emulate that. And it's not always hard to understand what right choices and wrong choices are. And that, that upbringing will also set us up um, or set us into a, a mathematical set of statistics. For instance, I, I never met my father. This mathematically puts me into a, a certain set of statistics or probabilities. I was five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Well, check, 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 check. I mean, each of these statistics will lead to another set of negative statistics and so on and so forth. And as you may start changing your 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 thinking and your choices, then you're Positive choices uh, will tend to lead you to a positive set of statistics. Mathematically, statistics are, are just a set of probabilities historically known to be true for, for other people that are in the same set of circumstances. We can either allow ourselves to become slaves to our circumstances and the, the consequent of our statistics or we can make the necessary choices to, to change our circumstances and beat the, the odds. My, my cycle of incarceration was broken when I rejected Satan and embraced Jesus Christ and his one holy Catholic and apostolic church. My diet of ramen noodles and beans changed when I chose to get up and work my butt off every day, starting at the bottom of the ladder and climb, climbing my way up one wrong at a time. In any situation, good choices are always going to beat the hell out of bad statistics. And with with that, I would like to bring on Larry. Um, and uh, if you could, Larry, um, kind of tell us what you're doing in your ministry and, and how you're trying to help young men make right choices. Are you there, Larry? I unmuted him. That's the 830 number, Larry? Yeah, I put him on. Okay, can you hear me now? Uh, We got you now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now we got you. (laughs) Okay, now you got me. Okay. So basically, uh, first of all, Terry, I appreciate you offering to have me come on. Um, Just uh, as a side note, as this is Saturday evening, and it is a popcorn movie night with my wife. Uh, so we both do prison ministry, and she said, oh, yeah, by all means, if this has to do with prison ministry, you need to go on. So basically, 
what I want to talk about is our movement in the COVID prison ministry that was started back in 09 in one of the worst prisons in Texas at the Connolly unit where the, the, um, the seven, I can't, um, the seven came out of uh, that uh, um, prison in hostage about 20 years ago. So basically what we do, we have brought in a Catholic retreat into the unit and we are based upon a mission statement is to share the agape love of Jesus Christ with those in prison and to teach the fullness of the truth of the Catholic Church to the incarcerated. So we are to, uh, we are more of a evangelizing of the Catholic faith than we are trying to be there for these guys that uh, get out of the prisons. So we're hoping that what we do is make a difference in these units that we go into. And on the other the other side of the coin is the teaching of the Catholic, uh, the Catholic faith. There is not a whole lot of these prisons that have any teachings of the Catholic faith. That, um, as we know, I don't know how many are familiar with the Cairo's Walk. Oh yes, sir. Uh, came... sir. So, um, little side note. So. A priest told me once, many years ago, that the the Curcio movement is the mother of all retreats. And when Cairo started, it was a Curcio uh, walk in the prison, which was all Catholic, because yeah. that's what Curcio was. So over time, they took everything Catholic out of it, uh, even so much that they you couldn't even bring in a rosary to the uh, Cairo's walk. And so we got started in 09 to bring the um, retreat based upon the Axe Retreat, which was started from the Curcio movement back in the late 80s in a small town in San Antonio, uh, below San Antonio. And so Axe uh, is based upon adoration, community, theology, and community. So that's what we do in these prisons to bring the teaching of the church to these guys that are incarcerated and from my knowledge we don't keep track of who um who goes back in but from that movement from the axe movement to kobe prison ministry there's a a program that was started about 10 years called life skills now they are a lot of life skills programs in a prison but this one is based upon axe and i can't go into detail because i don't know that much about it but the rate of these guys going back into prison that have gone through this basic um, life skills course is very low. It's less than 1%. And I know the guy that started this is keeping statistics, but I can tell you that through 15 years I've been doing this prison ministry, I know of a handful that came back. And I stay in contact with probably about 30, 35 guys when they get out. And they're all doing, they're all doing well. So I guess it's something we're doing right. Uh, I cannot really point any particular thing that we do. But one of, the, one of the things that we try to, like I say, our mission statement has to do with bringing, bringing the uh, love of uh, Jesus Christ to these guys and get them to change their mindset as to who they run with. So there's a thing called holy jealousy because everybody wants to belong to something, whether it's good or bad. But the bad, as we know, in the gang leads to a power struggle within the system, and it leads to a lot of infighting and to gain control. And so when we leave, these guys want what we have. And so they struggle to lead a good life, uh, follow the teaching of, the, of, of Christ and the church. And so after our three-day retreat, we do go back in and do a lot of RCIA, a lot of apologetics. And what's amazing, we have a lot of the inmates do the teaching. Um, we get the community of the prisons involved 
in these retreats. So a lot of the talks, a lot of the talks come from the inmates themselves, and it is just a blessing to see how these guys grow in their faith, um, knowing that, like Cherry talked about, where they came from, and they want a better life. They're tired of leading the life of um, crime, even in the prisons. They want to change, and we've had we've had leaders of gang members uh, come out and change. It's just amazing to see. So um, I'll leave it at that. If anybody has any questions, I would be glad to answer that. Uh, we do so have Larry, a – we're already five. Go ahead. Larry, I would like to say this because a lot of uh, ministers – uh, don't get to see the fruit of their labor. And while I was never on Connolly Unit, um, it was uh, it was the Brothers of St. Dismas that helped me and a priest by the name of Father Paulson, who I believe is a saint now. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the thing is, uh, I was one of those guys that didn't want to change. I was in a gang and uh, had a had a good reputation in the gang. And uh, had no desire to change. I, I, my aspirations was to grow the gang all throughout the United States. I mean, I had no desire to change at all. And it was uh, Father Harold Paulson on the Beetle One unit. Uh, we were going to – the reason why I was going to services is that was the, – the warden of that unit was an extreme Protestant that hated Catholics, hated Muslims. And uh, so the Catholic and the Muslim services didn't have any security there, no guards. Well, I couldn't hold my meetings in the Muslim service because the, the, they had their own security. So we began having our gang meetings at the Catholic service. And uh, my 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 gang joined with other gangs to kind of keep control and kind of hold our own security during the mass so that this would our opportunity to hold these uh um meetings without any um knowledge to the to the guards or the prison staff we wanted to keep that intact and so everybody was quiet during the mass and uh just so happened is well, when everything's quiet, the only thing you can do is listen to what the priest is saying. And I promise you, there were many homilies where it just seemed like Father Paulson was looking right at me and speaking right to my heart. And that caused me to have a desire to change. That caused me to go to Father Paulson with a couple pages of questions. And he, I mean, he answered every question. And I ended up doing 18 years in prison. I got out in uh, 2009 when I was on Ramsey 2 unit. That's when I ran into the Brothers of St. Dismas uh, organization kind of like yours. And, um, I mean, it just completely changed everything about me. It, it changed my, my – it cha- changed how I, how I thought, how I felt. Now uh, violence is, is – is no longer my first go-to to resolve every problem, you know, because it just, it, it changed the way I thought. And changing the way I thought changed the choices I made, which kind of brings me back to what I was saying in the beginning about statistics uh, versus choices. I mean, if I went by statistics, statistically, I should be dead or on death row or have a couple of life sentences right now. But the power of Jesus Christ, and I mean, we hear Protestants say this all the time, but the power of Jesus Christ really does have the power to break the the chains of slavery. But that slavery isn't necessarily <coughs> being a convict, being a, a, a prisoner, that slavery doesn't have anything to do with this physical realm. It has to do with our spiritual self. It has to do with being enslaved to sin. And if I if I would have still been in prison, uh, 
you know, still whatever, if I would have had, you know, a life sentence and never got out, I would still be a servant of Jesus Christ, regardless, because of, of ministers like you who came into the prison and shared the truth of the, the, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And um, and I thank you so much, and, and all of y'all, and, and I hope, uh, I know you've talked to uh, Tommy, Brother Tommy Picard. I'm going to bring him on. What I would like to do is have y'all uh, hook up and uh, join forces. I mean, y'all are already on the same team, but you're kind of in different areas of the uh, of the state of Texas. But y'all are both doing the same thing. Uh, Brother, Brother Tommy, are you on there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so the, tonight yes. I'm, talking, yeah. I'm talking about uh, choices versus statistics, right? And what we're doing to help people make the right choices. And, you know, of course, the ultimate right choice before you can make any other right choice is going to be to, to submit your will to to the will of God, Um I know y'all have got a new halfway house in Huntsville, and I would just like to give you the floor and let you talk about um, that new halfway house and about um, about the brothers that have been released that you are helping. Larry just talked about how they're helping brothers inside. I'd like for you to take a few minutes to talk about how you're helping brothers as they get outside. That sounds good. Uh we just opened the new house up in Huntsville in December. Um, we're just now getting people in there, uh, more than one or two people in there. And but we, I keep telling these uh, our brothers that have come out to our program, we're not going to give you nothing. We're going to offer you the opportunities through the Lord to make yourself a better person and live a better life. Because uh, everybody knows that if somebody is giving given something uh, freely, with the exception of the grace of God, that they take advantage of it. And so and I tell the guys, we're not running a flop house. You know, everybody's got to work. Yeah, Benedictine, the rules of St. Benedict said you got to work at least six hours a day, minimum. So that's that one of the rules uh, that's in our house. Are, is that what these houses are uh, patterned after, the uh, Benedictine rule? As there's a lot of Benedictine rule in, in our house rules, yes. For our listeners that don't really know what that is, can you can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, when St. Benedict uh, set up the Benedictine order, uh, he set up a set of rules that all his monks had to live by. And it's called the Rules of St. Benedict. And uh, So that was a, 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 a monastic uh, order of working monks. Correct. They went out into society, did their jobs, but also um, prayed and, and did all the other things that monks do. But in addition to that, they went out amongst the people and worked, right? Kind of based Correct. after Some what Paul did. said. Some of uh, them did, yeah. That kind of based after what St. Paul said, where he says, uh, no matter what you do, do all to the glory of God. So right. you're an electrician. Yeah. You do it to the glory of God. If you're a plumber, you do it right. to the glory of God, you know, so on and so forth. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, that's that's good. Now, I do have a brother here. He's been out. How long you been out? 90 days. He's been out 90 days. Uh, I'd like to let him just give a little testimony on what what he's been through with the program. Yeah, great. Sure. How's it going? My name is Clarence Summers. Uh, I just been released about ninety days. Uh, just put in twenty plus years in TDC. 
uh, by the grace of God, I was uh, given a chance to come down here to Kobe House. And uh, it's truly amazing, man, uh, what Tommy is doing, especially the God doing through Tommy with this air program. Uh, I got out. Maybe about three, four days later, I got a job uh, paying me twelve fifty an hour. I've been on that job successful, have great, uh, I mean, great testimony about what God can do in a job like that, how he has me witnessing and ministering at my job about the Catholic faith. Now, you mentioned earlier about being in gangs and being involved in stuff. Well, I experienced the same thing you have experienced, but it wasn't being a gang member. It was having influence over the gang members. Hmm. Uh, I come from New York City, so I wasn't familiar down here with Texas and Texas rules of prison. So when I came down here, that was the life I got into, man. Some of the people that uh, I flocked to was the ones that was running things and had things going on. And uh, because of the mindset I had at that time, not living for Christ, I was able to influence these guys that was, that was living that life. So I had a bunch of them follow me. But uh, I met a man in prison named Adrian Montoya. He was a Benedictine. He was a Catholic. And I tried to get involved in the church, Protestant part of the church, and been in the choir, been in a, been an usher, but it wasn't satisfying. wasn't nothing happening. wasn't no change. So when I met this brother Montoya, and he invited me to come down to the Catholic service, when I went there, man, it was awesome because they had structure, man. It was, <laughs> and as you was talking about the homily. Man, it was like the father was speaking to me, man. And he mentioned either you're going to serve God or you're going to serve the devil. And as I sat there and listened to the homily, I was like, man, uh, God, if you really who you really say you are, then I want to serve you. Then help me change. And that's all it took, man. And I've been a Catholic, confirmed Catholic, ever since. And it's a beautiful thing. Now, in this program here, man, like Tommy says, ain't nothing offered to you, man. And by the grace of God, we are up under the Benedictine rules. We follow them. It's uh, five of us down here. We have a great home, man, you know, great home. And we go out and serve. The best thing I like about what takes place here at Kobe House is that we go feed the homeless, give them clothes, food, and everything, man. And to see how me and other brothers, and I know you can relate to this being in the penitentiary, how we complain about such little things and about what we ain't got. And then when you see these people on the street that really don't have nothing, it makes you really appreciate things, man. Amen. But it's a beautiful thing down here, man. I mean, I thank God for Tommy being in my life. Man, look, I ain't never had a driver's license. I got a driver's license. I ain't never had a bank account. I got a bank account. By the grace of God, man, I know he didn't bring me this far to drop me off. And with that brother, uh, the other brother that's out there doing the same thing Tommy's doing, I really couldn't catch his name. But, man, continue to do what you do because we can't throw these guys away. You know, we made mistakes. Jesus didn't throw us away. All right. You know, I often, the devil messed up. He had plenty of opportunities to kill me when I was serving him. And for whatever reason, he he ain't do that, you know. And uh, when, uh, when we get out and we start living for Christ, as as men of uh with with good catholic masculinity oftentimes we find younger men just uh magnetically attracted to us wanting to follow us 
attracted to us in a way that like they want to emulate what we do. Like, wow, you know, man, that's that's a, that's a real dude, man. I want to, I want to. What, what are you doing? Well, I go to church, brother. Come on, let me show you what I it's do. That. You know, and we start reaching back and snatching soldiers from the devil's army and and, and flipping them over to Christ's army. And uh, yeah. I, I know earlier Larry was talking about the gangs and the the power vacuums and stuff that goes on. <clears throat> well, there's a spiritual battle going on that, that we can't see with our physical eyes. There's a spiritual battle going on that that's taking place in in a realm that 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 we can't we can't understand with our physical senses. <clears throat> and that battlefield is in the mind of each and every created human being, you know? And we have the opportunity to 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 help Saint Michael and his angels defeat the devil and bring those souls mm-hmm. over to the Catholic Church, man. I I'm I'm glad to hear you got out, bro. And uh that you're yeah. doing you're doing good. That Kobe house is, is uh is 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 nice, man. I'm 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 glad we got that uh going That's on. That. Um, let me let me share one more thing with you. I uh I attend the Kobe St. Maximus Kobe Church. And man, when I tell you God is good, man, God is truly good, man. There's people that will come up to me when they say uh the sign of peace, right? And and actually shake my hand, man. And it's it's amazing, wonderful, man, to know that people just don't write you off. You know, there's some still-loving people out there, man, some Catholic-loving folk out there, man. And I just wanted to share that. Can I interject yes, something uh, here? Sure. Uh, yeah, uh, me too. Larry, Larry, I want to <laughs> thank you for the service you do in God's uh, realm. Uh, if it hadn't been for people like you going into the prisons, and doing retreats and stuff, then I may not have uh, come back to the Catholic faith. And you know, I lived. Terry can vouch for this. I lived as good a life as I could the last seven years. I was down, and I was down yeah, for tell fifteen. Me, tell me, I think uh, you were at the last conference, at Kobe conference, were you not? Yes, I was. Okay, I'm. Yes, yes I, was. I met you. So. So what I tell everybody, you know, we're all in this together. And, uh, you know, tomorrow we celebrate the birthday of the Catholic Church, uh, Pentecost Sunday. Uh, we need to rely on, on the call of the Holy Spirit. But uh, I wanted to ask the, the young gentleman, uh, what was Mr. Summers? Was that was that your yes. name? Yes, sir. So had you, had you attended a uh, St. Kobe prison retreat? Yes, sir. I was over okay. the uh, inside team for ten years. Oh, okay. What uh, what unit were you, were you at? The Polanski. Polanski. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, that's where they have death row. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so you know, you know, when you made your retreat, you know how how that works. You guys, you you come in there and everybody gets a hug. Yes, sir. I kind of. That kind of breaks you guys down, doesn't it? Yeah, listen, my my first one, man, I, I tell you, I, I literally cried at the table, and, uh, you know, and I had some guys that, that know me, and when they seen me, it was like they let go, you know, because, you know, you know how, what, what, the way it is in prison, man, you know, you're either going to stand up or you're going to get ran over. And uh, when them guys see me cry because – I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I got guys that's hugging me that I don't even know and telling me they love me. And all I knew was this prison life. That was a beautiful thing, man. Yes, it was. It was beautiful. The first time that ever happened, it was beautiful. So I immediately signed up to be a part of the inside team. And they're doing the same thing at St. Maximilian Kobe Catholic Church when he goes uh, to Sunday Mass. Yes, sir. They come out and people know you know, he's from Kobe house and stuff and they come up and introduce themselves and hug him and beautiful thing. Give them lots of support. It's a beautiful thing. 
There is a, I have to say, there is a movement going on in the prison, uh, in the prisons. And, uh, you know, there's challenges because we have a lot of, a lot of people are anti-Catholic. And so there's continues to be struggles. The other other thing I wanted to mention real quick was uh, uh, the Benedictines are making strides. I think they're trying to get into all the units in in TDCJ. Uh, We have a... I met, um, we went to the Aldred unit for a mission retreat here last uh, month, and which is in Wichita Falls. And one of the guys came in from Kansas, um, John, and I can't remember what his last name was, but he came to see and to spread the Benedictines. And I know that uh, that order is, is uh, in a number of prisons. So um, I'm glad to see the rule of Benedictine at the Kobe house. And so that, that's great. I mean, I, I, I want it to be understood. It ain't the full rule of St. Benedict. Um, when we set up the uh, plan of action, it was done by a bunch of us brothers while I was still down. <laughs> and we we took some of the rules at that time that we thought would be best, you know, followed in the house as house rules. So sure. it, it ain't and that's, uh, and that's, that's yet, okay, uh, Tommy. It's it's working what you're saying. That's working. So, you know, good. that's what it's all about. You, we, uh, you know, we don't need to reinvent the wheel, but uh, draw from other areas that we know will work. And so you guys oh, yeah, are doing I, great. I started I, off. I started off with the current uh, recidivism rate uh, in in America, which is uh, 49.3. The recidivism rate at the Kobe House is a uh, Zero. Oh, <laughs> five years. What is zero. it? Five years. Five that, years. That's great. Tommy, I, I do have a question for you, and this may be. Um, I, I just have to ask this question. The percentage of incarcerated, uh, I, my opinion, it's running about fifty percent of uh, uh, sexual offenders. Yeah, you guys take. Close. Yeah, do you guys take SOs? Uh, we don't at the Kobe house because we're in a neighborhood. Oh, we okay. Got up, it. Uh, okay. We, we had okay. set up, we had set up the Huntsville house and got approved. Matter of fact, we got approved three times up there to be able to take SOs cause we're out in the country. Right. And the last time that they, they shut us down on that, they said there's a bus stop too close, a child safe zone. Oh wow! And that's a uh, interpretation of the law, and we can't beat it. We got we we can only fight, you know, the battle. We can fight a battle and win it, but we'll lose the war. So yeah, that's uh, yeah yeah. We can't take we we can take SOs at that house, providing they don't have a child sex offense. Yeah, I mean the, the whole realm of SOs is so widespread that goodness gracious, I mean it's it's uh, wow. Um, that's that's the situation we're we're running into. Guys are are being paroled, but they have no place to go because they're SOs, yep. and uh, you know it, it is a it is a problem. And uh, and but you're right on that if it's um, if you have a halfway house in a community. Uh, and understand even with liability insurance is so astronomical high that uh, it's it's almost unaffordable to pay that insurance because of that. Actually, insurance companies because they use numbers, okay, statistics, and they will cover cover me for SOs if I if I would uh, if we would do it, but we won't because of the neighborhood. But they would cover right. me for SOs where they won't cover me for uh, somebody with a capital murder or more than one, one murder sentence. Ain't that something? Hmm. Wow. And that's because statistics yeah. say that SOs aren't uh, going to reoffend. That their their n- reoffense number is so low. That, but <clears throat> yeah, I like. <laughs> You know, I don't know if I agree with that because, like I say, depending upon the type of offense that a uh, sex offender right. has occurred, 
normally in a in a murder charge, I mean, they committed the murder and that's done. It's done with. They're not going to go out um, and do it again. Basically, um, I, I no, not anyway. necessarily that they're going to do it again, but I, I think it has a lot to do with uh, what they feel the temperament is, and you know, could they cause harm? Who's going to be more harmful to you know somebody in the neighborhood? Okay, but but I, I I don't know. I just know that they use numbers. And five years ago, you couldn't get an insurance policy uh, without spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to do to cover SOs. And they flip now. SOs are covered just like anybody else. In the insurance policy, it's capital murder or those with multiple murders that we can't that they won't cover. Can I say something? You know, uh, when uh, you just mentioned that to Tommy, uh, I had a conversation with Tommy concerning that. And uh, I believe Tommy really know how my heart feel about them guys, the SOs. I mean, we as God's people, we got we to gotta do something for them guys because you mentioned that they have nowhere to go when they come out. And uh, I left a bunch of them in there, man, uh, good friends of mine, man. And that's the first thing I spoke to Tommy about when I came here. Man, uh, is there anything we can do for them guys? Tommy says he's working on something, and he'll let me know what's going on whenever he find out what's going on. What? That's, that's Kobe Village. We need 10 acres of land to set up Kobe Village. And, and, that, and, you know, and Tommy, if if uh, if one of our listeners wanted to uh, help, how, how would they do that? Well, they can go to our website. Uh, it's www.kobehousetx.com. All right. Uh, and and Larry, there's ways, Larry, ways um, to leave messages I, or to or, or to donate. And Larry, do, does your organization visit the Polanski unit? Uh, so in Texas, there's 15 dioceses, and each diocese has a criminal justice ministry director assigned by the bishop. So yes, um, the um, Polanski is in the. Um, Beaumont area, and so yes, they do have. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Summers could tell you that they go in there uh, almost, I think, on a weekly basis. Yes, yes. Sir. every week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, they do. All righty, because I have a friend over there that I'm I'm corresponding with and bringing him into the Catholic Church, and uh, I'd like to be able to reach out to him. Yeah, and I, uh, I want to mention. Uh, I want to. Okay, so uh, Terry, Terry, I will. I will send you the contact we have at Polensky. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, and Clarence had been uh, accepted by another halfway house, Rod Ministry, and he he went to Sister Misty with it, feeling good because he had some place to get out to, and she said, "Oh no." You're not going. You're going to Kobe House. That's exactly <laughs> what she did. I have a relationship with her, you know, in the Catholic faith, and she comes there faithfully, and uh, she made sure I got. I was accepted to go to Rod Ministry in Dallas, Texas, and she. When I showed it to her, I said, "Ma'am, I got some place to go." She was like, "Oh no, no way! You are going to Kobe House." <laughs> And I, said, and I, uh, I want to speak to the, the reasoning of that, and that is, so uh, the catechesis of the average Catholic uh, in America right now is so, is so poor. It's so terrible um, that you don't want someone that learned the Catholic faith in prison to get out and to a mixed group of, you know, whatever, you know, Protestant, Muslim, this or that, and, and get the mind twisted up. Uh, that, that, that catechesis is something that's got to be continually growing. we got to be continually learning. There's 
you know, over 2,000 years of, of, of history that, that we've got to, We've got to know and understand, and uh, so I'm, I'm glad you, you went to the Kobe House because you got some strong brothers there that uh, that, that know the Catholic Church, and, and it, it'd just be a, a travesty if you were sent somewhere where you were given some uh, half-baked cate- catechesis. That's a fact. And uh, to mention, uh took a class, and the reason why... I believe I was accepted in rock ministry is because I took this class. They have a, a it's 12 weeks. And uh, when he recognized who I was, because I was so very active and uh, he accepted me for the program, but I, I'm noticed. I would, I would have noticed as soon as I got down there with my beliefs, I probably wouldn't have lasted. I probably wouldn't have lasted that long, you know. So it's a beautiful thing how God just stepped in and put it on the sister's heart and said, no, no, because she's seen how I was growing. I've been a part of RCIA for about 11 years. So she's seen how I was growing, and I didn't think that, well, at the time I didn't think that, but uh, now that I know that she would not step me up, allow me to be set up for failure, this is why this happened. And it's a beautiful thing. I pray for Sister Misty every day, as well as my brothers. And uh, it's a beautiful thing down here, man, Kobe House. Can I, can I so, interject something? Because I'm going to have to step out here in a minute. Sure, go ahead, brother. Uh, Larry? Um, yes, sir. And who's ever, listen, who's ever listening? In order for somebody to qualify Kobe House, they have to have the Catholic volunteers that go in, at least one or two of them, write a letter of recommendation that they are living the faith as close, as good as they can on the inside, attending mass sure. and going to, you know, and participating in the programs. That is the main criteria for getting into the Kobe House or St. Anthony House in Huntsville. Okay, I appreciate that, Tommy. Hey, can I jump in here for uh, just a second? Sure, John, go ahead, brother. I I just wanted to – I'm just enthralled in everything that you guys are saying, and I'm just in such admiration of of, uh, everything that you guys are doing. And and I'm just trying to figure out how we can be involved. Now, um, Terry, you mentioned to me that – at one point that one of the one of the things that you do one of the programs that you guys do is um a silk screening of of like shirts for the pro life uh movement is that correct tommy that is correct any any of the programs at the ch- at the church that uh you know uh, uh we're doing silk screening for several of the different uh programs at the church we do some for isaiah house uh, just simple one color right now. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get a space set up where we can convert over to the four color and do some real nice shirts. Now, is that is that just only shirts that you're able to do? Or are you able to do like other products like, you know, backpacks or anything like that or just shirts at this point? Well, I've done some handbags that they pass out at the retreats for the women. And I've done a few backpacks. It's where we really ain't set up for that right now because I don't have the space. Uh, this is all being done in one little so, kitchen. So how much would it cost you? Like t- typical, would it cost to like do a run of uh, a run of shirts in like different sizes? Um, the shirts run us about three bucks a piece. Okay. Okay, with shipping and handling and everything to get them up to two x. After 2X, they run up to about 6 bucks a shirt. And okay. um, all, I t- all I've taken from any of the organizations was the cost of the shirts. And if they wanted to donate a couple extra dollars for our labor, then fine, you know, mm-hmm. to put back in so we could pay for ink and stuff. But yeah. that's So here's what I want to propose to you. Here's what I want to propose to you, Tommy. I want I want to propose to have 
shirts done for our apostolate that we would sell uh, through our website and, right. uh, and, and be able to hire you guys directly to make those shirts. Uh, and we can work out all the details off the air, but this is what I want to do. I want to partner with you guys to have uh, shirts made. And if later on we're able to make other kind of products, but for the four persons, and this would be kind of be, be a, a, a concept with you because I really believe in what we're doing. We're a licensed 501c3 nonprofit now. We're totally legal. And, uh, and it's based on the four persons of Mark chapter 12, to love the Lord your God Correct. with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, yes, and your whole strength. And I just yes. really think this would be a good way that we could partner with what you guys are doing, make a direct comp- uh, contribution to the work that you're doing, and also help spread the the message of what we're trying to do here. And I, I just want to, I, I'd like to hear all you guys, uh, your your thoughts on this. It's, it, it's, it, you know, it sounds great to us. That's why we're doing them is to, yeah. not only for, uh, to help support the ministry, but to help other ministries that are, you know, working for God. Uh, so yeah, we would be happy to, uh, look at the artwork and see what we can come up with. If you have artwork, uh, or just kind of put something down on what you would like and, let me see what we can come up with for the artwork. Yeah. And and again, I'll, Brother Tommy. Wanna... Go ahead. Yes. Uh, Brother Tommy, uh, this is strictly silk screening that you would do? Uh, well, I didn't come up with it. They did. There's another process that is they do the silk screening uh, and – put it on a plastic film and I just heat transfer it. And if it's just like a little, uh, logo that goes on a pocket or something, they are, their quality is as good as better than I can do silk screening. Cause it's all done on computers and stuff. And it's just about as cheap. If it's not too big of a patch, like a pocket patch is about 50 cents. Right. The reason I ask, uh, you're familiar with our Kobe uh, logo. Yes. Right. So those are embroidered. Um, they're not silk screen. Right. I don't know if that's something and you might be able to do uh, do for us. Um, we can do the silk screen, but we can't do the embroidering. Okay. Okay. Um well, I'm going to throw that out there too because uh, we're we're going um, we're going you know instead of Texas we're we're doing we've been called to do um, we're going to Florida in August. Right. We've been asked awesome. to go to uh, you know we've been asked to go to um, Alabama, uh, Pennsylvania, and to Kansas, but we're going to do one step at a time. So August is a uh, that's down in Pensacola. Uh, we're going there in August, so we're moving. So and it's, uh, and the other thing that the other thing that I wanted to interject, and I interjected this when when Deacon was on the show. Um, Terry, we talked about this when you guys are moving around, going to these different places. I, I would love to do live shows. Uh, we'll work our mm. schedule so we can do live on the scenes uh, shows to promote what you guys are doing because. Guys, you guys are living out the gospel. You're absolutely Amen. living out the gospel. And, and, and the gospel is about setting the captive free, setting the prisoner free. And um, it, it, it's redemptive. It's life-changing. This is, this is the kind of stuff that gets me excited because we can do shows seven days a week talking about dogma and theology. And that's all great, and I, and, and I love it's it. Sure. I love my Catholic faith, and I love theology. But this is the stuff that really gets my blood pumping because this is the real beauty and grace of of, uh, of our Catholic faith. I was lost, and now I'm found. I was blind, and now I see. That is our Catholic faith. That is what it's all about when the rubber meets the road, guys. You guys are, are the real deal. Uh, I just learned to say yes. You know, you know all, we do, all we do is plant the seed. That's it. I mean, that's well, that's what Larry, I do. I, well, I uh, 
I what I'm an instigator. I'm an. Go ahead, Jerry. Larry, what would you think about us coming in? Uh, I know we have to, you know, uh, John. We got to go through a process of getting accepted on a as a as a minister on a you know on a visitation thing. Um, but Larry, what would you think about us coming in and uh, and actually filming or doing? I, I think some prisons you can't film, but we could do audio, uh, do do an actual show of of what you're doing and promoting what you're doing in the prisons. You know, Father Pacwa did a uh, did a uh, show. Uh, you guys are familiar with Father Mitch Pacwa? Yes. yes. Okay, I'm, so he did a he did a he did a show at the at the Stiles Unit uh, Christmas show. Uh, he was going to go to Conley, but our beloved Archbishop uh, doesn't like EWTN, so he denied him to come in. Um, at the same time, that's doable because Florida. Um, we scheduled for Father Pacwa to come to Florida in August uh, to film uh, his Wednesday night show that he has. So it, it, it's uh, it's doable. It's it's all up to the different prisons. If you go to our website, which is Kobe Prison Ministries dot org, uh, we have we have on our calendar all the units that we have Kobe retreats at. And it's just a matter of uh, getting with, in contact with the point of contact that's listed on the schedule, and uh, and and I'll you know I'll, I can also be a contact here because I am I'm still part of the board. That uh, you want to do that, you know, it, it's doable. We just we just have to work through the system and um, see if the warden will allow you to come in to do that. That would be great. Yeah, I think that would be awesome because uh, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about this being a battle for the souls of men, and that that battle is fought in the minds of men, and being able to mm-hmm. capture that for other Catholics to see when the mind changes from serving Satan to serving Christ, that that for is sure. a a beautiful moment. You know what I mean? That that's a in, in in the prison, scary moment. Don't get me wrong. It's a yeah. scary moment in the prison. It's a scary moment for the individual because now you're, you're making a choice to serve Jesus Christ, and you're making a choice that regardless the outcome, I'm going to serve Christ, and that outcome can be uh, detrimental to the person making that decision, you know. Um, so, yeah, it would be great to catch some of that on you know, on film or on audio, if possible. So, Terry, you're you're saying it's scary for the inmate making that change. Well, it was for me. Uh, I was a gang I leader. I know it was. <laughs> I know we've we've uh, we've been we've gone through that, where guys uh, are are just not uh, where they're gang leaders, uh, and even part of the gang they want to make that change. There's, there's consequences to play. It's gotten a lot better at Conley, but those first years, I mean, they paid a price. Let me tell you, yeah. they, had a, they yeah, paid yeah. a price, and sure. uh, things have gotten better. Um, but yeah, it's amazing yeah. to see a transformation. You guys that are incarcerated that want to change their lives and follow Jesus—it's just amazing. That's why I continue to do what I do. We are—we continue to be so blessed by the conversions that we see. And uh, yeah, I'm 74 years old, and I wonder—you know—when is when I'm going to say no? And and I. God keeps telling me not till the day you die. <laughs> and, uh, and my wife, my wife does. Uh, she goes into the women's prison. As a matter of fact, she went into death row uh, in December in uh, Texas, state of Texas. There are seven women on death row. She took two other women with her, and they ministered to them on death row. Um, and that's the first that's ever happened here in Texas. So I mean, it, it's you know, not everybody's called to. To do prison ministry, but it is such a blessing um, to see these conversions that go that happen. Right, it, it, it is, uh, and I would like in the future, hey Terry, uh, Terry, hey. Terry, let me interrupt for just a second. Um, yeah, just so you know, the live stream has ended. We're still broadcasting, but now we're in the archives, so we're no longer broadcasting live. I just want to let you know that. 
The show is still recording, oh, but okay. we're no longer live. Got you, got you. Um, Tommy and and Larry, what I would like to do uh, also in the future is um, get some live testimonials of of guys who have decided to submit their will to the will of God, who have embraced Jesus Christ and His one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. And uh, I'd like to get some of that, uh, you know, live on air because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a lot deeper in my knowledge of the Catholic faith now than I was uh, 20 years ago. But I see a lot of Catholics fighting yeah, other Catholics about uh, about silly things that that you know really are insignificant to the salvation of a soul. Um, and I would like to get this stuff on air where people can see that, okay, uh, this guy uh, chose to serve Jesus Christ. You know, you, you're fighting about uh, this mass or that mass or how the priest stands and this or that. But look look at what happens to his soul. <laughs> yeah. Look what happens That's to right. his soul. You know what I'm saying? I get that. Terry, I, I do have to tell you, um, now, I don't know um, the gentleman that uh, just got out 90 days ago, but I do have to tell you that um, I mentioned earlier that I do stay in contact with a bunch of guys, and I'm probably on um, on Facebook with a bunch of them. And as a matter of fact, I have a gentleman that, that, uh, that got out a year ago. He lives behind me. Um, he knew me before he was incarcerated. I did not know that. Uh, he was, he was at Connolly one day. I, I walked into the room and he says, Hey, you remember me? I said, no. He says, oh, I used to live behind you. I said, really? He spent, huh. uh, it was, I was just, it was his third time, third time down. He got out, uh, a year ago and I brought him when he came in, I brought him into, uh, he was a good Catholic. I brought him into the Knights of Columbus um, I made sure he went to daily, uh, went to Sunday mass and all of a sudden he started falling away. And, um, next thing I knew he, he, um, well, let me back up. So when he moved here, he was able to, his mom would take him, took him in. She had nothing, nobody wanted anything to do with him, but his mom decided to take him in because he was, he was an SO, um, but a very devout Catholic. And so I guess six months later, all of a sudden he hooked up with a girl and they start living together and um, there you go. So, I mean, but I see this happening a lot and I've been told yeah. when these guys get out, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a candy store out there. Um, you know, it, it's a spiritual warfare we're in. So, I yeah. mean, that's, that is the other side of the coin is how do we keep these guys and when they get out to keep them on that path of holiness in the Catholic church? Um, we talk every once in a while, um, but he's got excuses now. Well, I'm busy. I'm working, you know, seven days a week, and you know how it is. So it doesn't. It doesn't have time for God. So that that's the all, that's all we, the uh, other side of the coin. It is all the other side of the coin, and I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you that that uh, when I first got out uh, in 2009, I was on fire for God. And one woman, one sin, and and, and I rapidly declined, <laughs> rapidly. And, uh, you know, it was a, a, a life or death experience that, 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 that opened my eyes back up, and, 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 and I rushed back to the church, and I haven't left since. But the, the devil... It, in this spiritual battle, man, we, we, we always talk about the devil and, 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 and beating the devil and this and that, but we can't. As human beings, we cannot, only through the power of Christ. As Paul said, not through my strength or my might, but through the power of Jesus Christ, because I'm not able. This guy has been around since before the creation of man. This is a very intellectual being, and he knows all he's got to do is get you to slip once. Just get you to slip once in a yep. in a in a in a, a sin that that you're 
more likely to commit. And for those that's been locked up 10-plus years, a female <laughs> is always going to be the downfall. Larry. I agree. Me. I think I, I think that uh, yeah. So I'm I'm still working with him. I'm not giving up on him. So I mean that's what we're called to that's do. Right. Never give up on that's the individual, right. just like we do with that's the guys right. that are incarcerated. Um, so right. We're all God's right. children. So. Well, I got to wrap this up. We we kind of yeah, went okay. over a little bit. Does anybody got all any right. last words they want to say? Uh, just the best we can do is plant the seeds and water them. And uh, till the fields as best we can. After that, you know. <clears throat> and what keep what keep Clarence focused is that I have five brothers that hold me accountable every day. That I call every day, and that's what keep me straight. Accountability. Right. I love that word. Yes, sir. Blessings, guys. So I'm gonna close with a. I'm going to close with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Save us from the fires of hell and lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Yes, sir. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you.